take your copy of the scriptures, and I hope you bring a Bible to church with you. And if you don't have a Bible, we want you to have one. So um, if you need one, come and talk to me, and, uh, and we will happily give you a Bible. Let's take our Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6. We're finishing up our study here in Ephesians 6. We're going to go to verses 20. And, uh, well, we'll uh, start in verse number 20 and uh, down through verse 24. We're recapping basically a few things from last time. Uh, We've studied about the armor. Well, we learned in chapter 6 about our adversary. Who is our adversary? The devil, right? The devil, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so God tells us through the word that we need to walk in this world circumspectly. And we need to be watching. And we need to put on the whole armor. So we have the adversary, we have the armor as well. The whole armor. We have the belt of truth, right? And uh, then we have the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, And not our righteousness, not self-righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus. Amen? And we need to get saved. If you're not saved this morning, I'm not asking you to join Souls Harbor. I'm not asking you to join any church. But the Word of God tells us that we need to become a child of God. We need to be saved from ourselves. Our nature is a sin nature. When we're born in this world, we're born with a sin nature. It means that we are predisposed to sinning and we are a child of Satan. Harsh words, but true words from Scripture. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. You might say, Pastor, that's very negative. But I love what Romans 6.23, it doesn't end with death. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we need to put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He needs to be our Lord. He needs to be our Savior. Amen? And uh, so the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christ is our Messiah. That means Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is God's plan for salvation. And those Jews that looked in the Old Testament, they looked towards the Messiah. They came up to Jesus Christ, and there at Calvary, he fulfilled what all of the priests had been pointing to, the tabernacle, the temple, the sacrifices, the uh, traditions Uh, The commandments had pointed to, symbolically, to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus fulfilled it all. He fulfilled the law. And now we look back to the cross with more information than the Old Testament saints had. We know who Jesus is. We know who the Messiah is. We know it's Jesus Christ. And now we have the Word of God. Amen. This is what points us to Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we have the armor. The adversary, we know who he is. We have the armor to protect us against him. The Word of God. The breastplate of righteousness. The, the uh, good news shoes. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. We need to have not only be saved, but we should have assurance because we need assurance in these dark times. The devil wants us to doubt our salvation. If he can get you to doubt your salvation, he will, 
He will get you to be less effective for God's work. So we have our adversary, we have the armor, then we have the attack. We need to take the sword of the Spirit as we, uh, we take the sword to the devil. And we saw that the sword of the Spirit in the hands of Jesus there in, in the Bible, in the Gospels, when he was tempted. And a sword in the scabbard, a sword that is stowed away, is of no use. You can't just get the Bible out on Sunday and expect to have victory on Monday, man. If you don't get the Word out, you've got to have the Bible out. You've got to be in the Word. And uh, uh, we get the Bible out sometimes Sunday morning and we dust it off and bring it out to church, amen? But that's not how it should be. We should take it out on Monday and dust it off. And Tuesday, dust it off. Every day we need to be in the Word, amen? And uh, sometimes we, we leave our Bible uh, in the car, you know? And uh, if you're going to read it out there, that's fine. But don't just leave it in the car. Bring it with you. Have it with you wherever you go. And uh, there's, I can't remember what date it is, but there's an actual uh, um, date every year. It's Bring Your Bible to School Day. I think it's coming up here soon. Might be this week. But it's great. Encourage Children to take their Bibles, especially into the public school where it's not really welcome. But it needs to be there because it's our right to do that, praise God. And it's the right thing to do. And so the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And uh, then we see prayer. Prayer, last week we looked there, two weeks ago. Prayer is the energy that enables the Christian soldier with the armor on. He, he needs to be enabled, empowered to do the work, to wield the sword. When Am, the Malachites attacked Israel, we know that Joshua was down in the valley with the sword, the physical sword. And we see that uh, Moses was up in the mountain praying. He was praying in the mountaintop while Joseph was in the valley. And uh, God gave the victory. Prayer is power for victory. We saw two weeks ago that we need to pray always. We need to pray with all prayer. And we need to pray in the Spirit. And we saw last week that we need, or two weeks ago, that praying always means that it's not just asking God, it's not just supplication, it's not just asking God for things. We need to pray, how? With thanksgiving as well, amen? Pray with thanksgiving. And then pray for other people's needs. Intercessory prayer, amen? Intercessory prayer. And uh, that's a, a long word, but what that means is praying for others. And uh, the Bible tells us to pray for all things. And, uh, but Paul even says here, pray for all saints. Amen? And prayers should be made for all saints. And so we need to pray for others. But then pray, don't forget about the thanksgiving. Sometimes we get kind of down in the chomps and we start thinking about our problems and our troubles. And the mature Christian doesn't grumble. He prays in the time of trouble. Amen. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's a mark of spiritual maturity. Maturity. Children only think about their needs. Amen. Babies especially only think about their needs. Um, and we're looking forward to the new life that is coming and that is here, really. But uh, the new baby and the sigmas are looking towards the uh, new baby and how exciting that is. And as some of you remember when a new baby came to town and came to your house and to your room. Amen. And uh, and, and and some never left your house. Amen. And uh, hopefully they're not too old yet to do so. But um, 
And uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things come full circle, and the parents move back in with the ki- they move in with the kids, and, uh, and that's fine. You know, needs are like that sometimes. You know, we get to where we need help, where we were helping the kids, and we raised the kids when they needed us, and now we need the kids. And, you know, you get it up to that age where you need help. But uh, uh, we we know that that new life. Uh, and uh, is, is a blessing, but those babies only think about themselves, right? Because they're immature, and they're not capable of taking care of somebody else's needs. But there has to come a point for us spiritually where we grow, where we grow, and we begin to look at the needs of other people. And God does a work in our life. He does a work in us so He can do a work through us. And we see, God, God, you, are, you want to use me to do something? And the realization should cause us to, to, uh, uh, to be filled with compassion and with zeal to help others. And my friend, when you are a blessing to other people, you get blessed as well. And it's a blessing to be a blessing. Don't ever forget that. And then we saw not only that we need to pray always and pray with all prayer, but we need to pray in the Spirit. Because it is possible to pray fervently in the flesh and never get through to God. But it is also possible to pray quietly in the Spirit. And see God's hand do some great things. It's not about the bombastic nature of prayer. Like somehow God listens to us. God is listening. But he is also looking at the heart. He wants us to be right with him. Uh, You know, if I regard iniquity in my heart, David said, the Lord will not hear me. Amen. He needs to have... Uh, we need to be clean when we come to God. Uh, not only do we see our adversary, the armor we saw, the, our, our attack through prayer and through, uh, uh, through wielding the sword, but then we see, lastly today, our allies. Our allies. There are other believers that are standing alongside, and we need to encourage one another. We're not by ourselves, praise God. Uh, a man named Tychicus in the Bible, he was an encouragement to Paul. And, uh, and Paul was going to send Tychicus to Ephesus to be an encouragement to them. And so let's pick up our reading. Uh, let's read verse, uh, let's just start in verse number 18, since we kind of covered this today. And read down to the end of the chapter. Praying always, let's stand for the reading of God's word, I'm sorry. I let you sit, because I knew I was going to talk for a minute. And uh, I could do like Pastor Brown does. He has everyone stand for the reading of, 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 of the word, and then he preaches about 30 minutes, then he reads the Bible, and then has them sit down. And I don't know if he does that to keep people awake, or because he's going to preach a long time, I'm not sure, but it is effective. And, but I'm not going to do that today. All right, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice to you. All right, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. He was in prison, but he was still an ambassador. He was given the commission, right? Like we all are, wherever you go, we're supposed to be preaching the gospel. So even in prison in Rome, he was preaching the gospel. That he's saying, Pray for me that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, Verse 21, join me if you would here. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do 
Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all, that our love of our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Grace be with all them. I'm sorry I messed that up. But uh, we pray this morning, Father, Lord, that you would bless the reading of your word. I ask that you would speak through, uh, through me today, Lord. Help me to not be a distraction, Lord. Help me to get out of the way. But, Lord, I pray that you'd help us today as we study this last, these last couple things here. And uh, I pray that you would uh, meet uh, the need of our heart right now. Lord, there's probably something that we'll talk about may not be directly uh, from the message or what we're seeing in Scripture here, but it might be something else that we'll touch on today, that somebody has a need in their life. And God, you know the hearts. You know exactly what the need is. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, in your spirit, your, your spirit would move them today to, uh, to yield and to say, Lord, I surrender all. I'm not holding back anymore. And Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work in our church. I pray that this would not be just another Sunday. God, I pray that this would be a special day for many people. I thank you for the baptismal candidates. I pray that you would bless them as well today on this special day for them. I pray that you would take all that is said here and, Lord, be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Our allies, our allies. We need people uh, that are with us. We need to know that somebody is in our corner. One of the things that the devil tries to do is he tries to separate Christians from the rest of the herd. Just like a predator in the wild, they try to find the weak, the weak one the young one, the old one. They try to find somebody that is not where they should be. Uh, the job of the shepherd is to keep the sheep together because there's safety in numbers. There's safety in keeping people together because when the sheep wanders off by itself, it makes itself a target. Uh, some of you know we have a little dachshund. She's gotten bigger over the last few weeks. She's a puppy. She's a puppy, and we got her at eight weeks of age, and she was just so small and so cute. But she's grown a little bit, but we have to keep an eye out for her safety, and we probably will always have to keep an eye out for her safety because she's a pet, amen? But you take a dog out to the field where we live across the street, there are coyotes, there are hawks, there are foxes, there are rabbits. There's all kinds of things over there. And sometimes we even have deer. We haven't seen one in a few years, but we actually saw a, uh, a large deer, a buck, and several doe right up next to our garage when we first moved into the house. And, uh, but there's all kinds of things, uh, animals, Predators that would love 
to eat that dachshund for lunch. Now, it doesn't matter to them that that dachshund belongs at our house with a family that loves that dog and takes care of that dog. And they don't care that the dog has had its rabies shots or whatever, and that doesn't matter to them. In fact, it probably, you know, it probably tastes, it would probably even taste better. You know, this is a, uh, this is a, like a farm-raised dog. It's not, doesn't have that gamey taste, you know, like some of the other animals that they're used to eating, you know. It might taste better, I don't know. But, you know, they would want to do the worst, in our opinion, would be the worst thing. Would be probably the best day for their life, Right? Because that's the natural inclination of a fox or a coyote is to destroy and to kill because they are hungry. They have a need. And the worst thing for us to do would be to allow the dog to just be by itself in the field without any help, without any protection, without any other family there with that dog, because the dog wants to be independent. The dog thinks that she knows what she's doing. She, she's, got, uh, she's, she's, uh, very, she's got that spirit already in her, where she's very independent. There was a point where she would never wander. She would stay close, because she was timid and afraid. But now that she's comfortable with her surroundings, she will take off. Across the street, with no regard to traffic, with no concern that there's a hawk up in the telephone pole that we see, she pulls at the leash, she's strange, she tries to get away, but she doesn't realize that what we are doing by protecting her and by, by uh, limiting her uh, time away is actually for her own good. It's prolonging her life. And just as in that illustration, we could make the parallel to the Christian life, we cannot and should not stray away from the flock of God. Paul wanted the people of God to know what God was doing, how their prayers were being answered, and what Satan was doing to oppose the work as well. Paul's motive in, in sending Tychicus to them and to say, here's what's going on in our lives, uh, to make known to them in Ephesus, it was not a selfish motive. It was kind of like, I, what I get out of this past, almost like what a missionary would do by sending a monthly prayer letter. Here's an update. This is what God's doing here in Zambia or Tanzania or in Colombia and it's an update to the church. Here's, here's what God's doing, and here are some of our needs. And that's okay to share those things. And uh, part of what he says here is that, he says in verse 22, he says, I'm sending Tychicus to you for that same purpose, that you might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. That they would be encouraged. That they would know all things. 
but also that they would know to pray for me because I'm in prison, I'm an ambassador in bonds, and I want you to pray for me, as he says there in verse number 19, that I might make known the mystery of the gospel, that I might open my mouth boldly, even here in jail. And there is a need for communication, even in Paul's day, and even in our day, for there to be a close communication between Christians, even within the church or even without the church, that we would be an encouragement to those that have have come alongside, like our missionaries. It's not good enough, I don't think, for us to just give money to our missionaries. I think it's important that we be intimately knowledgeable about what they are going through and how we can pray for them, because they need to be encouraged. They need fellowship. And when we go on missions trips, it's important that we go there to not just uh, you know, have a good time and just to get to see something new, but that we would be an encouragement to those believers in that country. I think about uh, in Cuba, uh, one of the things particularly about Cuba, because they've been in communism for so long, they don't have very much, and it's very needy. I pray, God, that we would never have communism in this country. What, what a plague communism is. It's always packaged as something wonderful. But it's, it's, it's from the pit of hell. It's atheistic. It's anti-God. Anti, it's anti-human as though it's humanistic philosophy, but it's anti-God in every way. But I think about communism in Cuba, and one of the things that you hear from missionaries that get to visit there from the States or from other places is that when you go there, one of the best things you can do is plan on leaving as much as you can behind with the missionaries, with the pastors that are there, those that can never afford uh, more than two or three sets of clothing if you can leave some shirts and leave some clothes with those people, that is a blessing to them. They're encouraged by those things. And uh, although those things might seem small and insignificant, but uh, the love that we send through uh, the money that is given to the missionaries and the food that is sent to them or the clothes that are sent to them or just the words of encouragement or the times that we can visit one another, that is a blessing to them. And that's what Paul is saying here. He said, pray for me. He's sending these letters. They look forward to the letters, but the letter was not just entertainment. It was not just something, oh, that's cool, you know, that he's in prison. He's still preaching the gospel. That's great. And that's neat to know. But that you would pray for Paul. He's saying, come pray for me. Pray that I would be bold in my, in my uh, witness. And my friend, when I hear somebody that's in prison who is witnessing the gospel and they're praying for boldness and, 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 just saying, and they're asking for us to pray for boldness, that encourages me to pray for them, but it also encourages me to say, you know what, they can preach the gospel in prison. Why can't I preach the gospel outside of prison? And so I, I see here that, that there's a need, a need for encouragement. He's not just thinking about his own needs. He's thinking about the needs of them as well that are in Ephesus. He says that you might know what's going on here in verse 22, but that he might comfort your hearts. A phrase that we have heard repeated over and over the last two years during COVID, during the pandemic, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing those two words but one of the phrases that we have heard and it's almost become this COVID cliche is, we're in this together. 
How many of you heard that before? We're all in, I mean, I remember seeing that uh, in March and April of 2020. So many people were putting that on even church signs. I saw it here around here. We're in this together. But it's interesting that out of COVID, we've become more divided than ever. We're not really in this together, are we? But um, truthfully, we are in a spiritual conflict, and we need to remember that we're not fighting the battle alone. We are in this together. And that is purposeful. God doesn't want us to be alone. Jesus left because that was his time to leave. He went back to his father to prepare a place for us to come and be with him. He's coming back for us. Praise God for that. I'm looking forward to the rapture. And as the, the world gets worse and worse, or at least our world gets worse and worse, you start to see other Christians that say, I'm looking forward to the rapture too. And praise God, we can look towards uh, to uh, the, the uniting of, uh, of, of the church and Jesus Christ and, and uh, the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom. Praise God for all of the things that will take place and how that, um, you know, we'll have a seven years tribulation. And after that, we'll have the second coming where we come back with Jesus and uh, he establishes his kingdom here on earth. And all of that is a wonderful thing to look forward to. Now, I'm looking forward to the rapture, but Jesus left us here to not just say, oh, rapture of the church, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come and and save us from this despicable world that we're in. No, Jesus left us, and then he sent the Holy Spirit so that we would be empowered to do the work of Christ. The work of Christ is to preach the gospel to all nations, to all people, that we would disciple and grow and, and nurture, baptize, disciple, all of those things that we are supposed to be doing rather than sitting around twiddling our thumbs saying, I'm looking forward to the rapture. I'm looking forward to the Lord coming back. I can't wait till that day. And we, 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 we obsess over certain things that God said, that is not what you're supposed to be doing right now. Study the word, study those things. And it's important that we have the knowledge of the scriptures and knowledge of prophecy and knowledge of those things. But our focus is supposed to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be alone. He doesn't want us to, uh, to go off into the wilderness and to just study the Bible indefinitely. There's times that Jesus came apart from the disciples and he took some time to pray and to spend time with his heavenly father. But it's important that we realize that even when Paul went to Arabia and Jesus went alone to pray, that there was a need to come back and to study and to teach and to grow and to nurture and to develop the church. That is a part of what we're doing here with the Great Commission, and that is our calling. We are not to be alone and by ourselves. Some people think that, uh, oh, I better go to church. So they don't bug me for missing church. I better be there on Sunday. I don't want the the pastor to think that I'm backsliding. And uh, 
By the way, church is not some show that we put on every week so we can showcase our spirituality. God didn't set the church up so that we could just, you know, show up once a week. And, uh, and so your motivation for coming should not be so that the pastor doesn't call you or the pastor doesn't bug you or that some people might think you're not spiritual or they think that you're backsliding. Your motivation for being here is so that you can be edified spiritually, you can learn the Word of God, you can be encouraged to keep going, and you can be a blessing to others by encouraging them and edifying the body See, we're helping each other out. It's not just you come and you hear some singing, you hear some preaching, and then you go home. You are to be encouraged and an encouragement to others so that we can take the gospel from this place into all the world. And um, <clears throat> we're not supposed to be worried about what other people think about us. We come to church so we, that we can find teaching here, we can find accountability, we can find encouragement, and we also have a place to serve and minister. I think about Adam in the Bible. God said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. Do you remember that? I, I think that God made in man a need to be uh, with other people. There's a need for us to be with others. And nowhere in the New Testament do you ever see an isolated Christian. Other than John, okay? You think of John on the island of Patmos, but that was because he was forced to go there. But he still spent time with the Lord, amen? But we come to church because we need fellowship. We need each other. And you are missed when you're not at the prayer meeting. You're missed. You might think, well, you know, it's just another prayer meeting. There's a, there's a thousand of those I could go to. Oh, it's just another church event. There's a there's hundred church events that we could go to. And we think, well, I've got some better things to do. I've got I, I to get my garden in, or I've got to get the, the weeds pulled, or I've got to get the lawn mowed, or I've got to, you know, we've got to be involved with sports. We've got to do things because we've got too much, uh, too much free time. We've got to have more activity in our life. <laughs> and uh, we, I don't want to miss out on the, the, uh, the, the, the Packer game, you know. And we don't want to miss out on the, the Bears game. And uh, they might win, you know. I don't want to miss out on that. That'd be, you know, that'd be a great day, you know. I, they don't get to win too often, so I, you know, I don't want to miss out on the Bears winning, and uh, or I don't want to miss the Brewer game. By the way, you might think those are silly excuses, but why don't you just plug in whatever excuse you have for why you don't come? to the assembly. Some people say, well, my health isn't good and I've got these problems or those problems. But you, you take that up with the Lord and you flesh that out with the Holy Spirit. Ask God, is my motivation or my reasoning for not coming to church, is it, is it a justifiable, is there a reason why I cannot come? Am I being providentially hindered from being at church. And by the way, if you're not at church, you should take that time and just pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because so many times we look at church like everything else in America, where we're a consumer and the church is some product. The sermon is a product. The choir special is a product. The uh, fellowship is a product. And we're just consumers, and we can get that uh, even at home. You know, we could watch the live stream. 
or we could watch some television show or some church, church service on TV. It's some product where we can just, you know, we can take it or leave it. My friend, church is more than a product. It is the assembly. It, and I hope we have learned that from COVID that we need each other. We need each other more than we've ever needed each other. And, uh, and we need that encouragement. We need a place. We need an outlet for our ministry. If you don't have a ministry, you need to have a ministry. There's some people that, that want a ministry and they can't do that certain ministry. And so uh, God is, uh, because of the health or whatever reason, God has said, well, here's something else you could do. And boy, they missed the bus ministry or they missed the soul winning or they missed certain things that they physically can't do anymore. But wherever you can get plugged in, just get plugged in and serve God. Because we have to have an outlet. God created us that way. We need to be using our gifts. And so you're missed when you're not at the prayer meeting. And the, by the way, the sky is the limit as to what God could do with this church. Souls Harbor Baptist Church. What God could do in this community, the sky is the limit if God's people would just get, uh, get here and get plugged in. They would buy in if God's members, the members of this church, God's people would buy in 100%. And not say, well, you know, eh, you know that, that's for someone else. That's a little more spiritual. It has a little more time to dedicate to those things. My friend, what time do we have to waste with the world getting as bad as it's getting? The Lord is coming back. And the devil knows it. He's not wasting time. And here we are. We waste our time. Because we're not 100% in. Uh, but what can I do? You can pray. Everyone can pray. You can work. Pastor, I wish you wouldn't say that word. I don't like that word, word work. All right, well, you can labor. Tomorrow's Labor Day, so we'll just say labor. You can pray. You can work. There's things to clean. There's things to fix. There's a, a hundred things right now that I know that are broken right here in our facility. I wish that we could focus more on uh, just the pastor would ha not have to focus on the facility. There's a lot of things that we can do out in the community. But if everyone would buy in 100% say, Lord, I'm here, I'm available, pastor, what do you want me to do? What can I do? And where it wouldn't be an attitude of, well, I don't want to do that. Can you find me like three other things that we could do? Well, here's some other things. Ah, I don't want to do that. Can you find me some other things? Wherever you have uh, where, wherever God puts you, wherever you have an opportunity, may you just say, Lord, use me however you want. You don't have to be the most talented to sing. You don't have to th be the most, uh, you, you know, gifted to teach Sunday school or to even preach. Wherever you can get plugged in, give yourself to the Lord. Support by the way, uh, pray, work, and then I have another thing, show up. <laughs> Support the functions of the church. Okay, financially, but also in attitude and spirit. Just because you're not doing something, just because it's not your ministry, doesn't mean you can't get excited about, about it. I think about the sigmas with the Rohingya ministry. Not everybody is called to work with the Rohingya. But you know what? I'm excited about it. I think it's great. Some of you are like, what are the Rohingya? I want to know about that. That sounds fun. Hey, it is. When you're working with people that are, are, are of a different culture, of a different language even, and uh, God is using a Baptist church to reach Muslims, 
in the, in, in the states, the United States, in the city of Milwaukee, and you can have a part in that? Okay, well, somebody, somebody might say, well, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm called to do that. That's fine. Not everybody is. But can you pray for them? Can you, can you encourage them? Can you love those that come in, maybe on the bus route? Well, you know, pastor, I'm not called to do the bus ministry. That's okay. Not everybody is. By the way, I don't think I'm called to work on the bus ministry right now, but I love the bus ministry. I wish I could do the bus ministry. But that's not my calling right now. But guess what? I'm not going to detract from it. I'm not going to say, ah, you know, the bus ministry, you know, we're only reaching a few people. Look at how much diesel costs right now. Guess what? You are, you are setting the bus ministry up for failure. Guess what you need to do? You need to, number one, pray for the bus ministry. Then you need to do whatever you can to work. Work to encourage. Work to help. If you know of somebody that needs a ride to church or needs, uh, you, you know, if they, if they live on the bus route, man, get those people here to say, you know what, I know of a church that you could, you could go to and they will pick you up at your house. So many times we, we think so, um, we're so isolated. You know, we've got this little area over here. This is my little, uh, my little ministry. And I don't think about anyone else. You know, I do the bulletin board. And Lord forbid anyone touch the bulletin board. Not picking on you, Mrs. Dake. I know you do the bulletin board. But whatever it is. You know, this is my little thing. You know, I play the guitar during the congregational singing. And, uh, you know, I don't really care about the junior church, or I don't care about uh, any of the other work that needs to be done in our church. Wherever it is, be an encouragement. Support the functions of the church financially, but also in attitude and spirit. Understand, by the way, understand the leadership is here to help you as well. Uh, Come talk to the pastor, not just when something's broken. Because I believe it or not, I, I want to fellowship with you. We've made ourselves accessible. I come down here on Sunday morning, and I've actually seen it where somebody will go through the pews just to avoid the pastor. What? I don't bite, okay? I, I don't understand. That. I, and I understand some people just like, I don't got time for that right now. Or whatever, you're on a mission, you're trying to get something done, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, you know, pastors... For some, I, I don't know if, it's, if, if, they, if there's like an intimidation about talking about it. And that might be true, but I'm sorry for your past experience. But you need to realize that authority is not a bad thing. Authority is not a, a, a bad word. It's not a bad nine-letter word, okay? Uh, we want to take time for you. And we want, I want you to talk to us. We want uh, you to let us know the highs and the lows of your life things that are going on. By the way, if you need prayer, come, come for prayer. Come to the altar. Come during invitation time. Pastor, I need prayer. We'll pray over you. We'll pray over your kids. You know, uh, we need more prayer than ever. And uh, what an encouragement it is to be part of a church, the family of God. Christians are like sheep. They need to flock together. And the church uh, needs to stay together. God didn't call us to be Lone Ranger Christians. Number one, Lone Ranger Christians don't eat right. They don't eat right. Without sounding, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm not trying to uh, 
talk too much about food today because I know it's almost lunchtime. But uh, Lone Ranger Christians often choose to eat only what tastes good to them. When you come to church, many times you're going to hear things that you didn't uh, maybe pick up in your Bible reading. It's applied in a certain way. Oh, I didn't know that. Or there's things that we even gloss over, and we say, well, that doesn't apply to me. But when you come to church, and when you're around other Christians, many times there's things that get brought up, certain subjects, certain things in Scripture that are brought up, that are dealt with, that we need to hear about. But Lone Ranger Christians uh, don't get the sound preaching, because they're by themselves. They don't think they need the, the local church. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm going to listen to the radio. That's my church. I'm going to watch TV. That's my church. Uh, Lone Ranger Christians don't eat right. Number two, Lone Ranger Christians don't have accountability. The local church with its officers, with its leadership, with its members, with its accountability is helpful to the Christian. We would not be by ourselves. Um, we need that authority. We need that. If you take the authority out of accountability, uh, then you make accountability meaningless. If you're just in an echo chamber with people that just think like you do all the time, and only, um, you know, that, that you don't have people that would challenge you and, and even admonish you, encourage you, and uh, even call out certain things that are not right. You might say, that's not fun. I don't want to be in that environment. But that's what we need. We need that. Uh, you need to get your toes stepped on once. I need my toes stepped on. Amen? Uh, do you think that you're going to grow if you're never challenged? If you're, if you're wrong, thinking might not, it needs to be challenged. There's things that we think are right, and we find in Scripture that maybe what we're thinking is wrong. We need accountability. Lone Ranger Christians don't mature. How are you supposed to forbear and uh, be patient to have long suffering? Are we going to be able to deny self? And how are we going to experience uh, humility and service? How are we going to bear others, other people's burdens and sorrows? How are we going to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who are we weeping when we're by ourselves? We've talked about this before, but there's so many, uh, there's over 51 another commands in Scripture. To love one another, to forgive one another. You can't one another yourself, so you have to be with other Christians. Number four, Lone Ranger Christians weaken their assurance. Being a part of a local church uh, gives us some credibility. If you're in a good local church, you're a member of that local church, there is some credibility to your life as a Christian, as a believer. If you're just out there and you're not part of anything or you hop from one church to the next, every, every season you attend a new church and you never join anything, you're never part of that congregation, there's never accountability, there's never any kind of submission to authority, then, uh, then there's not a lot of credibility to your life as a Christian. I'm not saying that you're not saved, of course. We know that's between you and the Lord. But being a church member uh, gives us that credibility. We cast our lot with those who... Uh, have seen the evidence of God's grace in our life. They have vetted us. We have had the opportunity to be uh, challenged even and, and, and encouraged. And that will help us to stay close to the Lord if we're in a good environment, a good church environment, and it'll help us to keep from drifting away from God. It also gives us assurance when things are tough. When people say, you must be nuts, that you believe that. You must be crazy to believe that, uh, that Jesus is God. 
believe in the deity of Christ, you believe in the virgin birth of Christ, you must be nuts. You might say, well, I'm nuts, but there's 80 other nuts at 3800 South Howell who agree with that too. So, you know, there is a, a need for us to realize that we're not alone and that we're not crazy if you're thinking that God saved us from our sins. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren. It's basically saying, listen up. Lest there be in, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But he says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the, the deceitfulness of sin. When you are all by yourself and isolated, there's a perfect opportunity for Satan to come in and to get you to doubt something you thought you would never doubt, and that is the salvation that God has given you. There is an opportunity for Satan to, become, to get you to be absolutely ineffective and even somebody who detracts from the work of God because of a bad testimony. If you're hardening, hardening your heart to God, you need to realize that accountability, authority, church membership even, is, is a very important part of your Christian walk. So many people want to go alone and just say, I'm going to live my Christian life because it's just me and God. It's not just us and God. That's the most important relationship. You need to know Jesus Christ. You need to be saved and be a child of God. But you also need to be part of a church body. You need fellowship. You need to be in communication. You need that accountability. If somebody is a missionary... They're not just there by the. It's sad, you know, that, they, that many of them live initially. They go there by themselves. They're pioneering a new work. But guess what? They're accountable to those who sent them. Somebody's establishing a new church or they're out in evangelism. They need to be accountable to a local body of believers. Just like Paul said, it's important that I'm accountable to you, let you know what's going on in my life. And that also, not only that I'm accountable, but that you'd be encouraged because guess what? The things that you've sent me, the money that you've given, the support and the prayers, they're, they're effective. God is doing a work even while I'm in prison. There's a need for us to be a part of this church or a church. And it's been a blessing to see people come and join and be a part of what God's doing here. It's been a blessing to see people getting saved because that's what it's all about. But beyond salvation, baptism, church membership, we see that's a New Testament principle. You need to be a part of a church. Amen. And uh, some of you uh, this morning are looking forward to baptism. Praise God for that. But some of you have not been baptized yet. We're looking forward to the two today, as well as probably one next Sunday or a week from now, one that couldn't be here this weekend. That's exciting. Three adults baptized, added to the church. Why don't you, uh, why don't you throw your yourself here. Cast your lot here with us. Say, I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm going to be a part uh, of Souls Harbor Baptist Church. You might say, well, I, I've already been baptized. Well, I've talked to somebody, they've been baptized as an infant. Well, you need to get saved, but then you need to be scripturally baptized. 
It's important that you're not just, uh, you know, sprinkled unscripturally. You need to be immersed scripturally. But some people say, well, I'm a, I'm a member of, you know, my mother's church, you know, and you haven't been there in five years. Join a local church that you attend, that you're part of, that you have, you have decided, I'm going to partner, and they're going to partner with me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray that you bless this time of invitation. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would bless. Look forward to... Lord, supper, all that you have for us today in Jesus' name.